We would like to thank FirstNet for their support of this podcast. This is Key the Mic, a podcast on the leading edge of fire service innovation. I'm your host, Inanna Hinky. Join me as we unpack today's emerging issues and the minds and tools at work to solve them. I think there was a style of leadership, certainly when I went through the ranks, that was yelling, screaming, and pointing fingers and pointing chests. And that style of leadership has really gone by the wayside. And I think what you're seeing are departments that are moving and evolving at a faster pace uh, to keep up. Less than one year ago, Mark Niemeyer became the new chief of the largest fire department in Idaho, the Boise Fire Department. Chief Niemeyer has his roots in paramedicine and served as the fire chief at Meridian Fire Department for 10 years before assuming his latest role. He is highly involved in the leadership circles of the West and serves as the vice president of the Western Fire Chiefs Association. Today, he joins us to speak about leadership and his experience assuming the role of fire chief at a new department. This isn't your first chief role. What strategy do you recommend for getting to know a new department? Yeah, good afternoon, Anana. Great to be on uh, Key the Mic, great podcast for the Western Fire Chiefs. Strategy is pretty simple, really. The first one I recommend, take your time. I know that sounds so simple, but in today's hustle and bustle world where you're under a lot of pressure from a lot of different factions as a fire chief to get things done, sometimes taking your time is the thing that's hardest to do. Uh, And really, that is the strategy I recommend to get to know a new department. Take the time to get to know the members, get to know the history. Why do we do the things we do? I've seen a lot of chiefs and myself included. I know you're going to ask me maybe a question about my early days as a fire chief. Sometimes you feel that need to go prove yourself and make your mark and put your stamp and all those good things. But truly, if you take the time to get to know the organization, to get to know and understand why do we do things the way we do, it's going to set you up for a lot of success later on when you decide, hey, we probably need to make a change here or there. You're going to have the trust of the membership that you're going to be doing the right thing for the community. So that's the biggest strategy I could recommend. And I I can't say I invented that myself. I stole that from the greats like Alan Brunacini, Dan Peterson down at Unified Fire has that recommendation. Certainly Chief Jeff Johnson has made that recommendation and I would just pass that on. So I'm recycling that information to the listeners that that's probably the number one thing you could do as a new fire chief is come in, take your time and get to know the organization. When you were preparing to start your new chief role at Boise, what specifically did you do to understand the organization that you were coming into? So what I really did Quite honestly, when I walked into this job is I tuned out all the external noise, really even from colleagues that uh, said, oh, you should go do this, you should go do that. And and based on that impression of the biggest fire department in the state. So I kind of tuned the noise out and committed to myself. I'm going to come in with just a very open mind, even though I know a lot about the department already. I didn't want to come in making too many assumptions about the department. And I'm glad I did because quite honestly, some things maybe I was thinking of before I got here, I found to be not true. Challenges that I thought I was going to have coming in here have not been challenges. The reception has been incredible. Our command staff, our battalion chiefs, our support staff, they've all been wonderful with an open embracing attitude of let's continue to evolve the organization for the betterment of the community. So that that's really was my focus is don't come in with too many assumptions. Let, let myself learn as if I didn't know anything about the department. Uh, and that, I think that benefited me coming in. Is there something specific that you were expecting to encounter as a challenge that you didn't? I know you mentioned that you were surprised in some areas. Yeah, I think one of the things that I had heard was battalion chiefs were a very strong group that that kind of drove the department. I have found 
this is just one example. That battalion chief group has been amazing to work with. Very open-minded, very willing to continue to move the department in a great direction. Work hand-in-hand hand with the administration. There has not been the us versus them that I thought I might find. Uh, so it's just little things. And I think that's probably going to be true with any chief moving to any department as you research you're going to hear opinions from a lot of different people when you get hired as a fire chief on the state of the organization. And I would just recommend to any new fire chief, you can listen to those things, but keep a super open mind so that when you go in, you're making your own decisions on the state of the organization, not creating the opinions of others to figure out where you're at. Is there any particular philosophy you keep in mind as far as making a good first impression? I think it goes a long way to, as you said, take time and really get to know everyone there. Of course, that will help. But is there anything else that you keep in mind? There's a great saying in leadership. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that is so true. So for me, before I even started talking about my vision, my direction, my this, my that, and in an organization this size, as any chief knows, it takes a while to get out there and really get to meet everybody. And I'm still working on that six months in. But making sure people know, I care about you. I care about your health, both mentally and physically. I care that you have the equipment you need to do your job and to do it really well. And I care that you have the training and skills you need to do your job well. That's where you start, in my opinion. You don't start with policy changes. You don't start with changing the patch. You don't start with changing the uniform. You start with making sure the men and women who are ultimately going to be under your command know that you actually care about them. Uh, and then from there, again, so that when the hard times come, we can navigate the hard times a lot better. If, if you know I care about you, and then we have a challenge down the road, we're going to navigate that a whole lot easier. So for me, that's priority, number one. And to do that takes time. It takes time to build that trust. Because of my history here in this local area, I worked side by side way back in the day with a lot of our battalion chiefs and captains. And one of the things I heard is I went around and just had coffee at the station or rode with the battalion chiefs. The big question was, is he the same person now that he was back then when we worked side by side? Luckily, so far, what I've heard is, yeah, you are. And, and I think that goes a long way because, it, again, it goes back to the relationship piece, which is so important in this industry to have good relationships. It's been six months since you started. And as you said, it takes time to really feel established. As you are going through the first 60, 90 to 100 days at a new agency, clearly interpersonal skills are going to be helpful. Are there any other professional skills that you think will set new chiefs off on the right foot within that kind of sensitive first few months? Yeah, for sure. And it's a great question. And, and you mentioned the first one. We've talked about that a little bit, that, that interpersonal skill, the relationship building, the building trust, but also along with that, probably equally as important is your ability as a fire chief division. So to be able to look at the organization, to learn it and understand where it's at and then understand where it needs to go. And that's all about visioning. And some of that goes along with what is your boss's priorities. So for me, I have a mayor and, and she certainly has her vision of priorities. It also goes in understanding where the department's been and, and where it might be going. Do you need to turn that a little bit? But along with visioning, equally important as visioning is can you rally people around the idea? Right? Can you rally people around the vision? And that comes from energy. I see some fire chiefs that I feel lack the energy to lead. And in leadership, especially organizations of our size, and when you're leading a bunch of type A people, that's who we hire. If you don't have the ability to rally people around the idea, you might fail. So it's having the vision and then being able to rally people. And, and really that's creating excitement. 
asking questions like, can we be an organization that's open-minded enough to look at new things? And you rally people around that question and then they open their minds and then you can move forward. So relationship building, visioning, rallying, those are the three things that I think are most important as you take over any new agency. When you're feeling tired as a leader, are there things that you reflect on or work with to help and re-inspire you? For some people, it seems to come really naturally, but for others, it's sort of a practice where you have to engage with the things that give you energy consistently. Is What's the situation like for you? For sure. I have been told I'm a natural extrovert. So yes, I've got a lot of energy every day. I, I don't mind that. But with that, I do need to refresh. Yes, it does get tiring at times because you you start to feel like the weight is really on your shoulders. You can feel it building up. I've been talking to my colleagues that have retired and they say it's amazing how much that weight comes off your shoulders. You didn't know it was on there. For me, what energizes me is that engaging with my colleagues that I really respect. And a lot of that's done through the Western Fire Chiefs Association, right? We have, we have conferences like FORCE that you attend and you completely rebuild your battery system. What you're doing there is you're engaging with colleagues about what their challenges are what your challenges are, you're offering up solutions, but then you're just catching up with colleagues. And I think we all know this, as you go higher on the ladder, it gets a little bit more lonely. You hear that all the time. And in a family-centered environment like we are in, in a profession that we're in, you start to lose that connection a little bit. You just don't have that big crew around you that you're going to go run calls with. So doing those things, I think for me, is what engages me and energizes my batteries. I know I talk to a lot of chiefs. COVID was hard, uh, not to go back to COVID. I know that's the that's the word we don't like to talk about, but it was hard for all of us because how do you engage? And we got virtually on a Zoom call and said, let's share a glass of bourbon, smoke a cigar and tell some stories. You know, I mean, we stayed engaged that way. So I think that's really important for chiefs to stay involved. That's why I think being a part of the Western Fire Chiefs, your state associations are so important because that's going to help energize you. Changing gears slightly, let's talk a little bit about your leadership journey and how you got where you are now. I'm wondering if there's a particular role that you served in or influencer or opportunity that really set you on the path to becoming a chief? Quite honestly, some of the positions that I have attained, I never really set out to attain, but I was prepared for them. And that's as I go out and give leadership presentations now to young firefighters, part of my message is just always be prepared. So number one, be true to who you are. Again, it goes back to that interpersonal relationship that you have with others. That's so important. But then just be prepared because opportunities are going to come before you that you don't anticipate coming. Uh, I can tell you when I became a fire chief 12 years ago, uh, I was a deputy chief of EMS. Our fire chief kind of suddenly retired. And a lot of people started asking me, chief, are you going to apply? That wasn't on my bucket list. It wasn't on the career plane. I hadn't really thought about it much. I was perfectly happy being a deputy chief. I was loving what I was doing. But I felt like I had built all the relationships needed to go ahead and apply to that job. And then my wife pushed me over the edge and she said, if you don't apply, don't complain whoever the next fire chief is, right? <laughs> and so she helped me in that. But, but I felt like I was ready and I was prepared because I had kind of just been preparing myself to be ready for the next step. So I don't know that it was any one thing. It was just opportunities that presented themselves before me, just like getting involved with the Western. That was an opportunity that presented itself. And that has now opened the doors to even furthering my connections around the fire service and the ability to pick the brains of some of the best leaders that we have in the fire service. So just be ready. Do you have a career philosophy? Kind of an open-ended question, but answer it as you wish. Yeah, for sure. So a few of them, um, always be good to people. Always, always, always be good to people because, you know, and it goes back to something so simple that Alan Brunacini preached to all of us. 
be nice. And I know that sounds easy. It's harder to do. Number one, be good to people. My philosophy is leaders always eat last. And that's a military philosophy that, that you should never be at the front of the line getting grubbed. You should be at the back of the line because they don't serve you. You serve them. And then the other one that I just repeat for our leaders coming up through the ranks, it's a saying and it's easy and it's quirky, but the higher you go, the more you owe. So the higher you go within the ranks, the more you owe, not just to the community you're serving, but to the members that are, that are serving under your command. You owe them. They're relying on you. They're counting on you. And I, you know, it took me a little while in leadership to really understand that philosophy. It's probably not something that I started with at the age of 42 when I became a fire chief. But it is something you learn over time and you, you learn to appreciate how important that philosophy is in the organization. So those are the three things that I try and focus on that I certainly encourage others to focus on. It's too easy to get down in the tactical aspects of what we do, focus on, on how can I serve you best. I know you served for 10 years at the Meridian Fire Department, but how many years in total have you been involved in the fire service? Yeah, a lot. 29 years. Um, I know that's not as long as some, but my gray hair certainly indicates 29 years. Uh, and, and looking back, 17 of those have been in some form of a leadership position. I got into leadership at a fairly young age. Like I said, my first fire chief job was at 42. And it's, <laughs> I don't know if that's something I recommend to people, uh, but it was just a circumstance and an opportunity that I took. So it's, it's been a while, but it's been 29 amazing years. I've still got some years to go. I'm excited to come to work every day. I think that's key to, to loving what you do. And if you've got a work environment, where you enjoy the people you work with and the department, you can continue to evolve a little bit. That's a great place to be. Now that you've had your first 200 days or so behind you, what's next for you as chief of the Boise Fire Department? Yeah, it's laying out the vision and I've got a great command staff around me. I've got a great group of battalion chiefs and really within the department, a great group of company officers. We're doing what, what most new chiefs do. You come in and you take inventory and we've got a project manager that does amazing work helping us navigate those waters of putting everything we do on paper. And I know, you know, this is a challenge in the fire service today. We talk about all hazards fire departments and we have created that language because of the need that each community had as it evolved and grew. We identified a need for dive rescue. We identified a need for tech rescue. We identified a need for hazmat. We identified a need for paramedics and the list goes on and on and on. And the dangerous part about being all hazards is that when you take the time, you slow down, you take the time to just put on paper everything you do, you start to ask, how can we get it all done? And how can we get it all done at a level that we're all comfortable with? Meaning, we're not just gonna be good at everything, we wanna be great at what we do. And so we're in that process right now, taking inventory. We're up to 69 different projects, services we provide. There's more to come. It doesn't mean we're gonna cut anything, but we're gonna understand where our priorities are. And part of that is my vision of where I want our priorities to be. I think sometimes in all hazards fire departments, you get away from your bread and butter and your core of what you were tasked to do in the first place. And that's fight fire and respond to medical calls, right? That's really our bread and butter. And making sure that our firefighters are very proficient and highly trained in those areas, which they are, we'll just continue to reinforce that. And then now, how do you do all the other things, right? Yesterday, I know it's rough duty. I was out on the Boise River uh, for half the day with our battalion chief and our dive one boat. Uh, rough duty. But those are some of the things and specialties that we also have to stay proficient at. So that's what we're doing now. The next step is a staffing study. We're a growing community, pretty rapid, and Boise PD is having the same challenges with staffing, so we're doing a joint public safety staffing study. So that's the next step. And then it all comes together, and here's the vision of where we're going the next 10 years. So that's, that's kind of the next step, uh, is rallying people around. I mentioned that. Have a vision and rally people around it. And you do that in a collaborative way. So I've got a great team around me. 
that we're all going to row in that same direction together. It's going to be an exciting time. I'm really looking forward to it. So as you've been taking stock per se, is there something new that you're really excited about developing as part of those many different services that you offer or something else? I think for us, part of it is a little bit of reset on how we do things, but then also looking at what does the future hold? I'm talking about things like squads to help offset some of the medical calls downtown. I know that's not a new thing in the fire service. It would be a new thing for us. We're having conversations about 12-hour engine companies to help cover the areas that we need covered so that our crews can go down to the training grounds. We have a beautiful training center. How do we get the crews down there? So we're, you know, we're having conversations around 12-hour deployment of engine companies. Great conversations around the future of deployment in the wildland arena and, and what's our role going to be in that. So really exciting times. And, and the beauty is when you learn in leadership that you can let go of the reins a little bit and let people bring their ideas to the forefront. No idea is a bad idea. You never know what's going to come. And so I, to answer your question, I know the things I've got in my head. What's fun is that I don't know what the others have in their head, and I'm going to find that out. And I think there's going to be some really good ideas that come out of that as well and how we can continue to evolve the organization. Yeah, it may be lonely at the top, but you're never alone, thankfully. <laughs> That's right. Is there something that you wish that I had asked about that I didn't or anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners today? No, I, I just love the conversation. I love the conversation around leadership and being able to just pass on from this old guy what, what my thoughts are on what I think effective leadership looks like. And I think there is a transition going on in the fire service. You see it as I engage with departments around my immediate area and then in the Western, just engaging with departments across the West. I think there's been a big shift in leadership to where we understand servant leadership. We understand that for us, it's not about our names on plaques or on trophies or on buildings. It's about our collective success. And what does that success look like? How do we articulate that success as an organization? And it doesn't come from a place of ego. I think there was a style of leadership, certainly when I went through the ranks, that was yelling, screaming, pointing fingers and pointing chests. And that style of leadership has really gone by the wayside. And I think what you're seeing our departments that are moving and evolving at a faster pace uh, to keep up. And so I just appreciate the conversation. Uh, we could talk for hours about anything in the fire service. There's lots of questions we could talk about. But I think for me, leadership is so important. It makes or breaks an organization. So the chance to sit down for a little bit on this great podcast and talk about it, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us and telling us a little bit about how you approach change and what has served you in your leadership journey. I don't think you'll need it, but I wish you the best of luck as you finish out the rest of your year in Boise. Thanks, Anna. Appreciate it. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. Stay safe out there and until next time. For more information about our podcast and today's episode, visit our website at keythemic.org. That's keythemic.org.